Sweet Lord God in heaven, come down to the southern states of America. Bless us over Arkansas. Bless us over Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, every type of swamp-having, gator-toting, firearm-prostating, southern rebel general statue-having state. It's death metal. fucking job buddy <laughs> another trip into the void with christopher pierce and buddy this week we're coming to you on an extra special day friday that's only relevant if you're tuned into our youtube because that's where we're live uh, but if you listen to the podcast, it's going to be released on a normal Tuesday, but you can know that we spent our Friday evening recording a beautiful podcast for you, our loyal listeners. And boy, oh boy, do we love you guys. We We're do. We're climbing to the top of iTunes, kicking ass and sucking butt along the way. You we pray I mean? and hope that our voices are so sensual that whatever type of pants or underwear or panties, whatever you're wearing... That you fill those with some kind of sweet love juice. Oh, I know. And then you go and pickle. My voice gets some moist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're in this thing, and we're happy to be here on a Friday. Uh, today, we have some fuckery go on in our world, buddy. Yep. We, me, this is me. So what I do is I, we, you know, we have our producer, Mark, of professional pirate media, he records our episode so graciously and then sends the link to me, which thus makes me a 32-year-old man with extreme ADHD responsible for taking that file and then uploading it onto the internet. And somehow in those steps I fucked up or the internet fucked up. I'm going to blame the internet. You fucked up. <laughs> and that put... <laughs> The episode two of Richard Ramirez over the episode three. Now, I know that people love our podcast. We've got a lot of listeners because I can track the numbers and all that goofy shit. However, after a few hours had passed from uploading this, I had to turn my Facebook Messenger off because I got blown out of the fucking sky by messages from our fans. And that's fair. You know, if I'm trying to hear some shit like today... Cannibal Courts released a new album. Let's say I had fired that album up on Spotify to listen to, which of course I ordered it as well because I'm a good fan and I deserve Cannibal Corpse deserves my loyal dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm gonna see Cannibal Corpse on Monday, buy the record, but I'm gonna listen to it on Spotify for now. If it would have been, you know, the bleeding, I would have been upset. So I understand. I appreciate you reaching out to me. It helped me figure out what was going on, and we got it fixed. So thanks for the patience. Thanks for listening. Please, if you message me, I challenge you to give us a five-star review on iTunes because, woo, that would really shoot us up there because I got a lot of messages, and uh, I'll be responding back to you guys. Thank you so much for reaching out. We love the social media game. You know what I'm saying? We do, man. We like messaging. I like doing that at the end instead of the beginning now because people get bored with it. Uh, business at hand, we announced the winner from the October Roast Us contest because now October 
is officially over. What we we did, were supposed to do it on Halloween, but we fucked yeah, up. Yeah, we fucked up. We got tanked. And you called me out. I could have just smoothly been like, hey, man. Hey, man, this is what this is about. You got a black <laughs> spot on your nose. Black? Yeah. You know what I bet it's from is my corpse paint touching this. <laughs> Residual corpse paint. That's all right. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little totally leftover corpse. Yeah. yeah, it's all in my fucking shower and shit. It was I, whatever corpse paint I bought this time sucked. And I mean, it didn't suck. It, it coated, but goddamn, dude, I was hammered, and it took me so long to wash that shit off. I mean, I took like a ninety-minute shower. It was cold. It got cold, and I was just scrubbing furiously, like, dear fucking Satan, please let this corpse paint come off of me. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we're gonna announce the winner of our fucking roast me contest. Um, what we challenged you guys to do was hit us with your best one-two punch of a roast, but also give us a five-star review. And we got some fucking hilarious ones that came in. My favorite one belongs to Darla Christie. You're the winner. We will send you the beautiful. Bone jaw candle holder that Buddy made from uh, some fucking cow's face that he found rotting in a pasture. Listen to this shit, Buddy. You ready? Yeah. Uh, five stars. She called us the denim vest of podcast. All right. <laughs> if you love getting ignored at a blockbuster video counter as neck bearded employees ranked Cannibal Corp song titles, <laughs> or if you're simply a fan of dead air and awkward pauses, then this podcast is for you. Death Metal Dicks successfully answers the question, what happened to those creepy guys who used to spray paint pentagrams under the train tracks who will buy us beer now? If amateur sound quality is a concern in your podcast listening, rest assured that Death Metal Dicks sound as good as any bootleg cassette tape of a black metal band's rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) Ever listen to a podcast and think, I could probably do that? With Death Metal Dicks, you know you can. The Denim Vested Podcast, A+. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Darla, that's fucking hilarious. And uh, yeah, and since you since you won, Darla, like, uh, hit us up on our Instagram or our personal Facebook pages or the Death Metal Dicks. I would say the Death Metal Dicks Instagram is probably the best way. Buddy runs it. Send yeah. Buddy a message. Get him your address. Yeah. We'll send it right out. We'll send it right out to you. Um. Uh, also, if you live local to us, December 2nd at Vino's, we're going to have a comedy show, the Doomed Room Comedy Show, which is a show that um, me and Mark Johnson, our producer, have been putting on at Vino's. Last time we had Kyle Kinane. This time we've got two of my favorites that haven't quite blown up yet, and they will. It's uh, Brandon Davidson and Tyler Elliott from Texas. They're coming all the way up to Little Rock to put on a great show for you guys. So if you live near us, you got to pop in and check that show out. Vino's, December 2nd. Study that. Then December 11th, we're going to do my birthday show, I believe, at the Whitewater Tavern. It's going to be me, Adam Fawcett, and Dave Stone, one of my favorite comedians. He co-hosts the Boogie Monster podcast with Kyle Kinane. Just got to put the final touches on that, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you guys at both of those shows, it's going to be a kick-ass month of December. And then guess what? Thursday, January 25th, we're going to be doing the first live Death Metal Dicks at a venue to be announced in Northwest Arkansas. It will be me. It will be Buddy Lloyd. It will be Comedy Central 
Vice Land, writer for Vice, writer for the Hard Times, Sam Talent, joining us live for Death Metal Dicks. Now that will be available exclusively for Patreon subscribers, and we will have the Patreon up and running by then. Don't you worry. It's going to be so much fun, and if you happen to live in Fayetteville, Bentonville, Rogers, whatever, all that goofy shit runs together. It's just Fayetteville. Somewhere up there, come by the venue. It's definitely going to be sold all the way out. The comedy club that's up there, the Grove, is relocating right now, so it's going to be at a bar brewery or something like that. We're trying to get the maximum amount of seats, but please believe as soon as it goes on, it's going to be out. So whenever I get the details for buying tickets or whatever, I'm going to post it up. Get excited for that, guys. we got a lot of listeners in Northwest Arkansas, and we're really looking forward to coming up there and kicking some ass. I'm going to buy a handle for that show, and whoever is a fan, we're going to all drink the same handle. Unless you got herpes. That's a fandal. Yeah, dude. Dude, if you got herpes, the alcohol will just uh, it'll burn it. It'll keep. It'll get the. It'll disinfect. It'll sanitize it. it. Yeah, it's alcohol, son. Get like Everclear. <laughs> Could you imagine an Everclear handle <laughs> passed around between three hundred people? Yeah. I don't think you can really build neither science guy that fucking shit. <laughs> I don't think God herpes. will take care of us. I think that's how you get herpes. Well, shit, man. We had a fun fucking Halloween. Yeah. Uh, we had a good time with that podcast. We tried to conjure up the devil, and I think we did. So if you haven't listened to Part 3 of Richard Ramirez, please do so. Again, right now, what helps us more than any fucking thing in the whole world is giving us a rating on iTunes. It propels us. It makes us easier to find to people who don't know about us. If you can give us a five-star review on iTunes, I mean, feel free to make fun of us in the comments. We love that. We want, um, you know... We love it. So hit us with a five-star review. Make fun of us. If it's gnarly, we'll read it out loud again. Um, keep doing that. Tell your friends about it. Fucking post on Facebook about it. I know Facebook is like a dead medium to most people, but for whatever reason, that's the social media network that I have <laughs> just been on. Instagram, man. Instagram, And come too. up with the yeah, Instagram rules, all that shit. Just tell your friends, man, because uh, we love doing this. We love interacting with you guys. And the more people that are on board, fuck yeah. We're growing this thing, and we're so happy to be doing it. We're going to get right into it. This You got anything to add, buddy, before we get our fucking TTs wet? TTs. Got my floor wet with hot fucking blood diarrhea from my dog Fenris this morning. Oh, yeah. Your dog's name is Fenris first. Second, so he ate some wild shit that he shouldn't have oh, yeah. and just sprayed hot blood diarrhea everywhere. Yeah, dude. And it was the wildest. It was like a real thick mossy shit. Mossy? Yeah. It was like a green... No, it was a red. Oh, it red was, moss. It was a consistency. Red moss. Yeah, it was a fucking. Boing, boing. Yeah, he fucking yuck. Sp- he sprayed some fucking Louisiana yeah. leftovers. <laughs> That's the, the worst, man. I yeah. fucking love a dog, dude. But I got, I mean, you know, they just will shit. Well, he's. Like, I he, mean, one of my dogs is twelve years old, and every once in a while, he'll just take a shit yeah. right in my house. Shit, man. For the fuck, what? Well, <laughs> he's just, a fucking. He's he's still a puppy, man. He's yeah. a German Shepherd Boxer mix. Ooh, so, dude, the boxer the double wild. The man. boxers taking over. Wild as hell. I got two boxers. Yeah, dude. Man, I, if you want to see pictures of him, my Instagram it smells like Teen Chris. I got two wild boys. Oh yeah, <laughs> they wild. What a both of them. They eat cat shit out of the litter box, and then they come and try to lick your face, which I've been a victim to. Yeah, we had to. Uh, get a kid gate to keep the dogs from getting to the cat shit. When I first got Fedor, Buddy lived with me for a short time. Fedor stayed in his room, jumped on Buddy's bed, 
came up to and licked him, and Buddy was like, oh, how nice, you're on my bed. And then he pissed all over Buddy's face and pillow. Yeah, he treated me like an Asian hooker, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Asian hooker. Yeah, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta pay to get pissed on by a hooker, so I guess that you got a pretty good deal with that. I wasn't mad, man. I was glistening. Yeah, <laughs> pissening. <laughs> well, shit, man, we got all the announcements out of the way. We're, of course, are on professional pirate media. Um, if you you can actually find our old episodes on their iTunes page, which is cool with me, man. Our iTunes is hot like fire, son. Uh, so they got some podcasts over there that our producer Mark records. Check them out. Pretty good stuff. Um, having a lot of fun with those guys. There's an episode of me on Mark's podcast, uh, Big Mouth in the Mid South, I believe it's called. And I don't talk about murder. I don't talk about killing. I talk about stand up comedy mostly and uh, how I like to drink the juice from the can inside of oysters. Ooh. Hey, man, you know, in a ketogenic diet. <laughs> it's just oil and oyster cum. I'm ready to do this shit. You ready to do this shit? Let's fucking do it, dude. All right, so on this surprise Friday recording, we are going to talk about the killings in West Memphis, Arkansas, specifically the Robin Hood Hills area in 1993. I'm sure you guys probably know about this case known as the West Memphis 3. It was an overblown case of satanic panic that came as a result of overly sensitive southern religious right. This could have been either one of us growing up. It could have been probably you growing up as a metal fan, no matter where you lived at, unless you were in like New York or Los Angeles. Just the way that the Bible Belt of America works. If you liked Slayer, Metallica, you wore black clothes you had mullets, whatever type of style you chose to express your love of metal with. Your dad was on cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could end up getting pigeonholed as a person that's a Satanist or somebody evil or no good just by the way you look because the religious right had a strong grip in America. I would say until the internet came out. The internet really fucked everything up from the South. Because I can tell you today as somebody that travels the country every fucking week, The further south you go, where you can be driving through the hills and have no internet reception, that's where the epicenter of churches are. And I can walk into a gas station, you know, I'm covered in tattoos, six foot four, always have a metal shirt on or a horror movie shirt on. And I pop open the door and I can just feel the fucking air get gaped out of the gas station. Uh, Places there are the internet really woken people up to the fact you, you would be able to Google God by now. You know what I'm saying? If there were... A Jesus Christ, which I think that there is a God. He was just butt fucked into submission by our Lord and Savior Lucifer. (laughs) But he's out there. And again, the problem here is that judgment from the religious right put down upon someone who was perceived to be different. And really, it's a case of people being poor. Yeah. That's the main thing is is poverty plays a huge issue into this case. Uh, most of my information came from the documentaries Paradise Lost Part 1, 2, and 3. Excellent documentaries. It's one of those things that, again, I think they started before Internet was widely available. And it was just breaking a case that was kind of Mid-South exclusive to the rest of the country. Yeah. And when people started to see what was going on. The majority of people were like, this is bullshit. And this was before making a murderer. This was before serial. This was before all the modern shows that have made people look at the criminal system and think, all right, mistakes can be made. People are human. 
there can be assumptions and things that factor into trials that get innocent people locked away for years. Here's here's the thing about Arkansas because I've grown up here pretty much my whole life, right? Um, my grandparents they raised me both were Southern Baptist. Yeah, they my grandma led led uh, su- Sunday school. My grandpa led music in the choir or in the band. Yep, one of the two. So I listened to all the stuff and I was like, this is kind of dumb. So yep. at the age of eight, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Sure. And uh, then uh, that was also when Metallica came into play. And then from there on, I got- what's the first Metallica album you got? Man, first one I ever got. Yeah. So there's a place, I think we may have even gone over this, but I'm not sure. There's a place that used to be in my hometown of Hot Springs called Buzzy CDs for Less. Buzzies. That could be you today, man. (laughs) If CDs were still a popular medium, dude. (laughs) Well, think about his name, Buzzy. And then if you think about the name Buzzy, and then you think about my mom, that's the idea behind my mom is that she's always buzzed. And so she's having a fucking cool cold. Yeah. Hanging with the boys or the girls, yep, whatever she liked at the at the time. Oh yeah, she's she can't make. She's been plowed and she's chowed. Your mom's been plowed and your mom is chowed. Yeah, she is. uh, She's not afraid of fucking uh, lobster fest. (laughs) So (laughs) a nice lobster bisque. Your mom will take a risk. (laughs) And uh, oh yeah, what? America is just happening right now. Anyways, so. I didn't have any money. I, had, I think I had $5 and Buzzy used to hang out with my mom back in the day and they would get fucked up and get high. And so, um, he, ba- I wanted kill them all and I wanted yeah. to ride the lightning. Okay. How, what was your first metal album? I guess would be a better question. Kill them all. Oh, okay. Yeah. How did you know you wanted well, them? You we'll just kill, saw them? Well, kill them all, ride the lightning. So like my friend, let me listen to, um, uh, the, the black album. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's cool, man. It's got a snake on it and shit. <laughs> I'm like in fourth grade, you know, like, hell yeah. And yeah. then I saw Ride the Light. I saw Electric Chair. And then I saw the hammer with the blood on it, dude. And I was like, this is cool. I want both of these. He said, give me five bucks and I'll just take a tape. I'll record both albums for you. And then you come back in about two hours and we'll, I'll give it to you. Well, we know your mom sucks. Oh, yeah. We talked about that on the podcast extensively, but. This is the coolest thing she's ever done. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is like your mom probably fucked this guy for you to get these albums. You know what I mean? Yeah, for some like crack or some shit. You think she fucked it or she gave him crack or vice versa? I don't know. Maybe they had different kind of fucking flavors or strands. (laughs) Whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, well, that's rad. Um, And yeah, I mean, you're a a great example of this because I, I understand that we're younger than they are. But you grew up in a Southern Baptist household in yeah. a very conservative town at a time where people complain about every fucking thing. I mean, I grew up with my grandparents. You grew up with your grandparents because our dad most likely inseminated both of our party pig moms yeah. and left us to be alone with our grandparents. And because we grew up that way, we were around old people all the time. And I got into metal and hardcore and punk right away. Yeah, me and too, man. everyone was pissed off about it. You know what I mean? From, I got into Misfits because of Metallica, dude. Cliff yeah. Burton wearing a Misfits shirt. Yeah, the Misfits shirt. shirt man. And you know what? You know what the thing is? You know what's different about us than other people that grew up here? Is that we didn't roll with what our raising was like. It's like, ah, my dad's a Republican, so I'm going to be a Republican. And so that's yep. what made us weird. Yeah, and, I, and people have a real problem with that shit. And, I, you know, um, again, just being a Southerner, I think it's mainly what you're saying. There's something about being in the South and coming from this uh, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not pilgrim, but a Puritan. These Puritan ideals that came from England over this religious right into America and immigrated to the southern states and just got this fucking head about Jesus Christ coming down and ridden the world of all the problems and this just idea of purity. And it's all bullshit, you know? I mean, it's just a way to control people's brains. And for whatever reason, probably because you're dumber in the South, I guess, because the humidity or your brain doesn't grow the right way. It's just been passed down and passed down and passed down. It's still happening today. And exactly what you're saying about your grandparents doing what their grandparents did. I mean, we're kind of the first. The only only thing that they did right that carried over is what I have to say about the South. The food is great. The people suck. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the food's great. And the people don't always suck, man. I mean, there's there's generally some cool-ass people. Yeah, there really is. And uh, I love the South. It's just that some of the traditions that have been handed down, and especially in the early 90s like we're about to get into, are horseshit, and it's a real weird thing to have been a part of. It's still a weird thing to be a part of just to know that 25 years ago this shit happened, you know? And it's all, uh, I mean, I'm going to give you all the details. Might as well stop rambling on about yeah, yeah, what yeah. caused it. I'm drinking this Francis Ford Coppola wine. I'm, like, I'm worried about drinking. I feel like I'm supporting a pedophile just because he's like a director, you know what I'm saying? You're drinking from a tip. Mm. Give a sip, a tip. It's real good. All right. I think my voice is working out. May 15th, 1993. Christopher Byers, Steve Branch, and Michael Moore, who grew up to be that fat liberal producer. (laughs) (laughs) These three eight-year-old boys were reported missing Robin Hood Hills trailer park. Michael Moore ate all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Mystery solved. We're done. Uh... John Mark Byers, which is Christopher's adopted father, called the police around 7 p.m. He said that the boys hadn't been seen all day except by Steve Branch's stepfather, Terry Hobbs, who reported that three different neighbors said they had spotted them playing in the neighborhood around 6.30, half an hour before he called the police. Police responded, but when they came out because it was the early stages of a missing person report, and it's a trailer park. You got to think in West Memphis, Arkansas, one of the poorest places in America at the time. They're at this trailer park and they know that there's all types of drama all the time, domestic disputes. They basically think like, all right, they just reported these kids missing. Chances are they ran away from home. This is a problem family. They're going to be back anytime. The police gave a limited search of the area, didn't pay that much attention to it. Basically said if they're not home by tomorrow, give us a call. Right? So... The next day, 8 o'clock in the morning, when the kids still hadn't returned, police ended up sending out a search and rescue crew. The Crittenden County search and rescue crew, to be specific, led a search of the entire area, mainly the Robin Hood Hills trailer park area where the boys were last seen. That started at 8 a.m. They had a human chain, so a lot of friends and neighbors that were in the trailer park. Oh, I skipped over. Um, the, that night when police didn't find anything, Byers and Hobbs, the two stepdads in the situation, they organized a group of people, which was mainly their friends, their drinking buddies, to go out and look for the boys. They they allegedly combed the entire area, and uh, they they came up with nothing, obviously. Which is funny, because they ain't got no hair, they can't comb shit. (laughs) (laughs) They supposedly combed the entire area, finding nothing, 
And then the next morning, like I said, 8 a.m., the police came with the search and rescue unit. The neighborhood formed a human chain. They all linked arms and walked through the entire trailer park to make sure they didn't miss any details. You know what I mean? And they no. didn't find any. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know how to. That's. I mean, have you watched? Uh, you watched Paradise Lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they all link arms and it's some goofy shit. And they just want to make sure that they don't miss anything. So they all walk hand in hand. One foot over the next foot. They look straight. They look back. They look left. They look right. They make sure that all stones are left unturned. And they found no evidence of the kids until 1.45 in the afternoon. There was a juvenile parole officer named Steve Jones who had gone off looking with a couple of other guys. And he spotted a boy's black shoe floating in a muddy creek that led to a major drainage canal that led back to Robin Hood Hills. Oh, God. So when he came back and told the information, the police all gather up. They send their more elite team down to investigate the area. Well, how elite is Arkansas? Just oh, not very elite. <laughs> I mean, basically, the, once they found the shoe, they kind of figured that they were on the hot trail of the bodies, you know. And they didn't want, like, the, the mother and father to go and see the first discovery. So they just kept it quiet and sent, like, detectives down to see what was going on. They discovered three naked bodies hogtied with their own shoelaces, their ankles, right leg tied to the right hand, left leg tied to the left hand behind their backs, so their belly down at this point. And all of their clothing had been turned inside out, folded up and wrapped around sticks and then jammed into the river mud so that the clothes didn't float away and get shown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um It's a fucking weird thing, man, because I don't know, man. It like, I don't know. I'm, I'm fucking confuzzled. You're confuzzled. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We're having YouTube difficulties, so it's kind of throwing our talking about. Um, YouTube's a motherfucker, man. I don't know what the hell is going on with technology today is being a real piece of shit. Um, all right. So anyway, the, they discover the bodies. And again, what's weird is the clothes have been turned inside out, wrapped around branches, and then they shove the branches into the mud at the bottom of the river to keep them from, like, surfacing and being seen. All the clothes were there except for the three boys' pairs of underwear. All missing. That's weird. And after the autopsy, it was determined that Moore and Branch had been beaten, stabbed, and drowned. They probably died from drowning, but it was listed as various injuries. I mean, it's hard to tell, you know? You don't, you don't know because they had basically been beaten to death, stabbed, and drowned. So who knows? You know, they had water in their lungs and shit, but that that can occur after the body dies. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can be dead and then put someone in water face down and the water can get into their lungs or you can drown somebody and then mutilate their body. It's it if it happens in concurrence, it's hard to tell. So they're they're kind of lost in that. Experts actually believe that the murder probably did not happen at the river or at the creek. You know what I mean? So there wasn't evidence of a struggle there. So someone probably killed them and then brought them to the creek. However, it was listed on the death certificate drowning. Hmm. And what's super interesting is that Christopher Byers, he had been cut all over his body, including castration. So whoever killed him, castrated him and mutilated his dick. Yeah, an eight-year-old. That's terrible. And they, the you know, the autopsy revealed that that had happened before he died. And, and too, like I think the, 
I like Google pictures about this case, you know, yeah, and, and they sure. actually showed that picture on there on, on and it's fucking it, man, it's heartbreaking, dude. Yeah, no, it's it, a kid, you know, even though the kid would definitely be like our age or older, but it's just yeah. like because it's a kid is no, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, any murder where something like that sucks. Um, this is episode one. I'm trying to lay out a frame for what happened and the characters involved and. It may be three episodes. I'm thinking two right now, but you know we'll lay the framework, kind of give you the the details of who's involved, um, lay out a, a groundwork for who got blamed for it, who the suspects probably actually are, and also, um, sorry, and also how what our theory. You know, I'd like yeah. to go over our personal theory on what happened. That won't be this episode. This episode is the you know the fucking groundwork for all that. And West Memphis, Arkansas, it's important to learn the landscape of that town. I mean, we had talked a little bit about how the South was at the time. And, you know, we're talking about 1993. So there's no, I mean, there's no social media. Mm -hmm. uh, There's no cell phones. And this is, I mean, I, I think at the time Memphis, Tennessee was literally the poorest city in America. So West Memphis is an attachment to that, and that's on the Arkansas side. I actually think it borders both, but this yeah, is yeah. on the Arkansas side. So West Memphis, Arkansas, I mean, we're dealing with a trailer park, and we're talking about the poorest of the poor. And, it, and when you think about poor people, and at, at this time, you know, they're living in a trailer park, so they're all definitely on, like, a government resource, you know, disability. Jiffy and church cheese. <laughs> EBT. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um but at the time, there's not that much money going yeah. through the system, you know. So it's not like they're there's like enjoying life. I there's mean, like we're maybe, at the base level of poverty. There's like one or two schools, one library, a courthouse, a police department, sixty four churches, right. and then one Western Sizzling that, you're, that <laughs> yeah. everybody went to after they went to church. Yeah, and these these guys definitely aren't going to Western Sizzling. You know what I'm saying? When Ryan's came to town, it was a fucking hell of a day there. <laughs> yeah, uh, have you been to Orion's in the last like five years? No, Jesus Christ. We went to, I'm trying to think of where and why I went to Orion's. I went to Orion's with a couple of our friends, like maybe three years ago. What the fuck is going on at that place? Anything going corral? Oh, were you there? We, yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing, dude. It's the same shit. That's a fucked up buffet situation. They uh, just throw a Texas star in the middle of the fucking logo. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. All right, I'm coming here. I got a fucking fondue it's thing just, of chocolate. And, it, and it's the worst. I mean, it's a buffet. That's a fact. It's for yeah. sure a buffet, but it's like the worst of the worst foods. I don't see how this dumpster, dumpster pale establishment can continue to thrive. But it does because fat fucks are like, oh, all I can eat, hamburgers, hamburger steaks, roasts, ribeyes. But it's so gross. But man. they don't taste like water. Yeah, it, yeah, everything, dude, the rolls, the rolls are the best part, right? Yeah, absolutely. But everything tastes like the rolls, <laughs> but it's not the same texture. It's just fucked up. You could, I have West Memphis, that's basically a buffet. That's it, dude. But it's a, it's a shithole. And what happens in places like that is that you have groups of people, and they're not working. And I'm not saying that to make a stereotype of, like, lazy southern people. And keep in mind, these are all white people. They don't have anything going on you know they're sitting at home they're watching uh maury povich they're watching jerry springer they've they've got so much free time 
to pay attention to the neighbors, to learn everybody's business. I mean, imagine a trailer park full of 50 people and none of them are working. And if they are working, it's part-time work and it's only one of the parents and everyone's got kids. So everybody knows everybody's fucking business in the trailer park. All of these families had opinions about all the other families and strong opinions. You know, if you are in a trailer park that's tight quarters and you have a problem with somebody that's in the trailer across from you, both channels are trying to rally the trailer park against the other trailer. It's like modern day gross Cheeto carpet pirates. Ugh. It's just gossip, lies, rhymes, poor grinds. It's it, it it's a bad culture, and so with this type of thing happening, it's so hard to pick apart what probably happened because in all the documentaries and all the news, all the interviews, all the things you can leak through, all the people that were close to the source that they interviewed, they're just gross white trash. Yeah, and it's so hard to take anybody they, involved at their word. They literally believe that Jonah got swallowed by a whale and lived there for days. And weeks. And then came out of it. And was okay. And then spread the word of God. Man, did you, I think, I, dude, I'm not even going to say this is a fact, but I, I want to say that I read somewhere that the stomach acid of a whale could eat through a fucking car. Yeah, but God's protection, bro. It's like a, it's like a fucking uh, lacquer. <laughs> God's lacquer. He keeps you safe from whale stomach acid. Uh, the police had several theories when this happened before all the gossip got in line. I mean, you had poor, poor, poor policing. This is some of the shittiest police work that I've ever seen. And, you know, I've loved true crime, murder stories, law and order, all that shit my entire life. It's something that I've always been into. So I'm no expert. I'm not a cop. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not in the judicial system. But, man, big it's, fan of Ice-T, though. Big fan of Ice-T. That's my favorite cop. But these cops don't have shit on him. They're horrible at their job. They don't give a fuck. And they're, they get wrapped up in the, the panic angle of this whole thing right away. Uh, before they picked the kids up, the West Memphis Police Department briefly regarded two West Memphis teenagers as, as suspects. Shut the fuck up. Buddy is trying to eat a mystery Oreo right now when I'm trying to give you facts. My guy. I'm trying to figure out what the facts are about these Oreos. Well, why would you fucking jiggle a loud package while I'm explaining crucial details of a police case? Let me ask you a question. How do you clear a pallet and eat an Oreo? Dip it into the wine. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> if you have, you got to watch our YouTube. Buddy is dipping a mystery Oreo in Francis Ford Coppola. Hey, man. Pour some more. Cabernet Sauvignon. No, I'm not going to give you more wine. This whole thing was a ruse for you to get more of my wine. Drink your steel reserve, you You're fucking, fucking piece of I shit. I already drank it all. You're <laughs> not fucking right. Look, Oh, shit. I got fucking... <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Buddy has now lost the Oreo with the wine. So instead of digging the Oreo out, he's getting another fucking mystery Oreo. I got to dig it out, Jesus dude. Christ. It's like digging a kid body out. Ha! <laughs> 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 I, I mean, you're a scum. Listen, man. <laughs> What's it taste like, son? If you're gonna interrupt the podcast with tasting a mystery Oreo, you gotta describe the flavors. I think you'll get money if you describe this shit. If you pick the flavor of the mystery Oreo, I think it pays. Fruity Pebbles, dude. <laughs> yeah, Fruity Pebbles. That's fucking Fruity Pebbles. Doesn't Nabisco make Fruity Pebbles? Listen, brother. 
<laughs> You're gonna eat another one. Don't dip this one. No, no, no. I'm not, man. I'm yeah. this, I'm, this one's yours, dude. Give, I'm not gonna eat that. I'm on the ketogenic diet. It's fucking, fucking vegan. Moron. I, I know an Oreo's vegan because it's not made with anything but fucking oil. I'm not eating it, stupid. <laughs> I fucking heard it. You can hear the crunch. Fruity Pebbles? It's Fruity fucking Pebbles, man. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Nabisco, listen to this shit. The, right here, uh, if you guess the flavor, you get a chance to win $50,000. My man says it's Fruity Pebbles. If, you're if he's right, it's on record. Somebody out there tweet Nabisco. It smells like Fruity Pebbles. Somebody tweet Nabisco right now and tell him we got Fruity Pebbles on Death Metal Dicks podcast. All right. Are you done eating fucking Oreos? Probably not, You're man. Dis- well, okay, well, can you be quiet about it? Can you pull your mouth away from the mic? I'm not going to shit. Don't eat an Oreo on the podcast. I eat food. I can hear it. I'm going to eat the soggy motherfucker, stop. too. Stop. Please stop. It's disgusting. I hear it. No one wants to hear you chew. What the fuck's wrong with you? Oh, my God, dude. Yuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. All right. So, back to the fucking case. This is exactly why innocent people go to prison. You got a bunch of facts and then some fucking fat poor slob eating mystery Oreos and that just deludes all the truth because you got slobbery mystery Oreo drool coming out all over your jean vest instead of paying your bills. Now shut the fuck up. It doesn't dilute any of the facts because I figured out what the fuck the flavor is. If we get $50,000 from this, we're cool. But if not, you're an idiot. It doesn't taste like a, it doesn't taste like a fucking youth minister, <laughs> All right. Back <laughs> to the facts, Jack. West Memphis Police Department suspected two West Memphis teenagers as the original suspects, Chris Morgan and Brian Holland. Because they had both had drug offense histories and had abruptly departed for Oceanside, California, just four days after the bodies were discovered. Morgan was presumed to be at least casually familiar with all three murdered boys having previously driven an ice cream truck in their neighborhood. That's okay police work because ice cream truck drivers are creepy as hell. You know what I'm saying? If you drive an ice cream truck, kids, you like to fuck. That's a clear motive and police know this. They got picked up in Oceanside, California, May 17, 1993. Morgan and Holland both took polygraph exams administered by California police, which I assume are miles ahead of Tennessee police or Arkansas police. During the questioning, Morgan claimed a long history of drug and alcohol use, which came with fucking blackouts. He said that he would get so fucked up he did all types of shit he didn't remember and that he might have killed the victims but he immediately recanted that statement so we got a guy that went from west memphis tennessee who had been busted for hard drugs many times as soon as the boys were killed he fled to oceanside california and admitted to police that he blacks out so many times that he actually may have killed the kids and not remembered it and they just skip right over this and then the California police sent blood and urine samples from Morgan and Holland to the West Memphis Police Department, but there was no indication that the West Memphis Police Department even fucking investigated this as actual suspects once they got the evidence. So I'm trying to lay the groundwork for how terrible these police officers are. It's very much a possibility that these guys kill these kids. And I don't even think that's in Paradise Lost, which is the only problem. That's what... Some of the problems I have with Paradise Lost, and they kind of go into it themselves, and these are the documentaries I was talking about, is that they are very set in who their suspects are, and they don't really deviate from that. They go hard on uh, 
who they think actually did it. <laughs> Why won't you just stop? I'm fat. This is some. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, man. I mean, you're eating Oreos. Can you scoop back at least? No. I had to, I had to like clean my palate from the wine. Oreo. No, you didn't. I did. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, of course it was bad. You can't leave an Oreo sitting in fucking Cabernet Sauvignon. You would think that at your advanced weight, you would know that you can't soak a fruit Oreo in wine and expect it to taste good. I tell that to a child molester. What? <laughs> Some fancy shit like that in a kid snack? Oh, yeah. Friends That's like Cobra. fucking lure them, dude. <laughs> fruit Oreos Oreo. in wine. Try this juice. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. Another possible <laughs> suspect was Mr. Bojangles. This one will make you sick. It's a black male that possibly could have been a suspect that got brought up when they brought one of the three teenagers that eventually got charged for the murders of these kids. According to West Memphis police officers, on the evening of May 5th, 1993, at 8.42, workers in the Bojangles restaurant located about a mile... (laughs) (laughs) Bojangles is a great fried chicken establishment, first of all. I didn't even think of it. You said that, and I was like, they're blaming somebody that put in a Bojangles. Yeah, they definitely did. Did you you associate black with Sammy Davis Jr. Bojangles when I said that? No, man, because he's a Satanist. I don't touch kids. There was a man who killed some kids. He came through and ate their shit. <laughs> Mr. Bojangles. There was a man who slayed the three children that came up missing. Mr. Bojangles. So there's a dude that worked at the Bojangles restaurant located about a mile from the scene in Robin Hood Hills. It had been reported that they saw a black man who was mentally disoriented inside the restaurant's ladies' room. The man was bleeding and had brushed against the restroom walls. Officer Regina Meeks responded to the call, taking the restaurant manager's report through the eatery's drive through window. By then, the man had left, and police didn't enter the restroom on that date. So listen to how bad these goddamn West Memphis police are. There's a... Mentally disturbed black man running through a white trailer park eating delicious, delicious, the I'm Bojangles better than Popeyes, bleeding all Whoa. over the place, going into a bathroom and spraying fucking blood everywhere. And the police, on a day that three kids were murdered, don't even go into the bathroom and test the goddamn blood. What are we dealing with here, buddy? It shit makes me I, I mad. I can tell you, right? I hate these cops. I hate all I, cops, I, but I mostly it. these cops. You got real. T- you got a little too carried away to say Bojangles is better than Popeyes. You're fucking wrong. No, Bojangles is way better than Popeyes. Okay, you're telling me. <laughs> okay, so what you're saying is, is you're telling me Bojangles will cause a murder? Because I'm telling you, Popeyes will cause three kids murders. Because that shit's good. <laughs> Just because it's delicious. I mean, Bojangle. I would murder someone for Bojangles. If I was hungry enough and they were like, we got this guy. He's a police officer. They got red beans and rice. <laughs> yeah, dude. You've get, been to Bojangles. They got okay, gravy. L- listen to this. Listen to this. Okay, you remember when we worked that event in North Carolina? We were staying at the hotel. We started a bonfire. And the guy came up who was telling us that he was the biggest weed dealer in North Carolina. And he was super annoying. And I ended up having to choke him to sleep with a loop choke, which involved me taking the trench coat that he was wearing and choking him out with it. Mm-hmm. 
the chicken place that was across the street that gave us all that free chicken that was the best chicken. That was a Bojangles. But he listened to Marilyn Manson, so that cancels out the fucking flavor savers, dude. Bojangles doesn't listen to Marilyn Manson. What are you talking about? The guy with the trench coat did, and he was the best Oh, weed. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had the weed, but did he have the chicken that we had? No, we went to get the chicken from the restaurant. Oh, so you choked him because the chicken was way better, and he choked his chicken, and then he fucking did what you're <laughs> supposed to do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Woo. All right, so the day after the victim's bodies were found, Bojangles' manager, Marty King, thought there was a possible connection with the bloody man found in the bathroom, he reported the incident to police officers who then inspected the ladies' room. King gave the officers a pair of sunglasses he thought the man had left behind, and the detective took some blood samples from the wall. Again, 24 hours later, sorry, police detective Brian Ridge testified that he later lost the blood scrapings. Wow. The evidence, what the fuck is going on in West Memphis? A hair identified as belonging to a black male was later recovered from a sheet wrapped around one of the victims. So, again, these are two very plausible leads that the police just totally bonered. And I'm going to tell you why right now. Because I already know, too. Right from the jump, they suspected Damien Eccles, who lived in Robin Hood Hills, of committing the murders. Why did they suspect Damien Eccles, an 18-year-old boy, and two of his teenage friends of committing this crime? Simply because Damien Eccles listened to metal and lived in the South. Let me tell you why they dismissed the black crazy dude. Go ahead. He's wearing sunglasses. Okay. In a white woman's bathroom. Okay. Fucking zooming in on their fucking twats. Okay. He didn't want to look at the color of them. He's like, oh, they're all pink in the middle. But he wanted to make sure the rounding part was what he liked, mm-hmm. which was white. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Great, man. Are you? I think the West Memphis Police Department is probably hiring right now. You want to get a job? It's only like an hour and a half away. Well, this is from the this is from the perception of. of oh yeah, you, sure. Okay, yeah. It's not your idea. It's, it's the it, it's yeah. the West Memphis Police Department. Like I'm a, I'm idea. A, I, I see these brutal pictures. Sure, in right. The 90s. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. Geraldo Rivera's interviewing King Diamond. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, you know. Uh, listen, Bojangles has good biscuits. It's yeah. not that guy. I mean, sure he's disturbed, but like you know. Who's not trying to eat a pussy off a toilet seat? (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. But police immediately zoom in on trailer park gossip, and they decide that Damien Eccles and his two friends, Jason Baldwin and Jesse Miskelly Jr., are the most likely suspects. Now, Damien Eccles, he's 18 years old. He's from the poorest of poor families. His entire life growing up, they've been on government assistance. DHS has been re- called out to the trailer several times. Child Protective Services have been called out to the trailer several times to try and make sure that the kids growing up in the house are completely safe and everything's fine. Many times they have failed inspections. The kids have been taken away, shuffled back and forth in the legal system. You know, it's a it's a bad situation. Again, this is the poorest place in the country at the time. It's hard to raise kids. Kids are expensive. And, you know, this is just a breeding ground for bullshit. Damien, along the way of becoming a young adult, again, he's 18 years old. He's been into skateboarding, which got him into heavy metal, which got him into Metallica, Slayer, and other choice cuts that you could find in 1993. 
Damien's had some legal troubles. Him and his girlfriend had been arrested for burglary, breaking into an abandoned trailer in the park, just trying to fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Typical 17-year-old, 18-year-old shit. Um, the problem with Damien and the rest of the community is that he had interests that other people didn't like. And that's why we laid the framework for the way the South is. Damien would draw pentagrams. He would draw upside-down crosses. He would carry around Aleister Crowley books. And look... I'm guilty of this shit when I was 13, 14 years old. I would look at Aleister Crowley shit. I would look at Anton LaVey shit. I would look up serial killer shit on the internet. All because I liked extreme music. That led me down a path where I would try to figure out cool... Basically like we're doing with this podcast. Trying to find cool shit that would shock people. Man, when I was 15 years old, I was like, I'm going to make my room cool. So I was like, of course, you know, put like Gorgoroth fucking posters... Mayhem posters that are holding pig's heads and shit. Then I was like, how do I make my room even cooler? So I, I told my grandpa, I was like, hey, I got 10 bucks allowance. Take me to Hobby Lobby. They take me to Hobby Lobby. I get a poster board. Then I get some glue. Then I get it on the internet, print off some pictures of serial killers and what they did. And make like a fucking big ass thing. <laughs> like my own collage. poster of it. And my aunt comes in and she was like, oh God. <laughs> Freaking the fuck out, you know? And then she's like the one that got me into metal because she was like a fucking Iron Maiden tribute band and shit. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, what have I done? You know, freaking the fuck out, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, man. It was a hell of a day. Oh God. Yeah, man. Um, and that's and just typical kid shit, dude. Once you find out that you like metal. It sends you down a particular path. You want to find out about things that the metal's about. The occult, murders, you know, Satanism, extreme shit, dude. That's just the way it is. So you get and into extreme it metal, blossoms dude. into something cool when you're an adult or, you know, it can lead you down a bad path. Like we had just talked about with Richard Ramirez. In this particular case, it's a kid that has no money. And I didn't grow up with a lot. You know what I'm saying? What's the, what's the first extreme metal band you got into? The first... So you're talking about off the beaten path? Yeah. Metal band? Hmm. The Slayer? Slayer? Slayer's not... I mean, no. Well, then Cattle Corpse. Cattle Corpse is? Yeah. That's way better than mine. What's yours? I got a fucking Infinity One or Rockabilia. They're both the same thing. Right. But I saw that fucking Cradle of Phil Shore with a nun finger. Oh, yeah. We talked about this before. Jesus the Cunt, dude. Yeah. But that like, kicks ass, dude. What a fucking shirt. I remember that shirt. Hey, man, those first, like, four albums were great. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> They're great, dude. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's nostalgic for you. That's cool. Oh, yeah. It's not like... Uh, That's how I got into Morbid Angel. Yeah. Oh, whoo. you got into Morbid because they were wearing a Morbid Angel shirt? No, man, just because, like, uh, I was, like, sa- I put in, like, satanic metal. Oh, yeah. And Isn't that funny that that's how, like, finding good music used to work, it, being poor from a small town? Yeah. Is that... Uh, at the library, because we didn't have a computer. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would look <laughs> at records, and you would see the shirts that the people in the band that you like were wearing, and look at those bands, or you would look at the liner notes and see, like, who they thanked. And you would listen to those bands yeah, and yeah, then yeah, complete yeah. the process. I mean, my grandparents were straight up the type of people that read the instructions before they put the thing together. <laughs> yeah, so they, dude. they went to the fucking library to learn how to use a computer. And yeah. then we got a computer. Right. And then I learned how to use a computer better than them. But he tried. <laughs> yeah, to say, like, we took a class. Oh, fuck my tits. Oh, man, this dude just showed up with some Evan Williams. Oh, you sound like Circle of Dead Children vocalist. <laughs> that band sucks. 
wrong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man. Old Kentuckus when you fuck us and you suck us. Uh, cheers, boys. You're not drinking one, Mark? Oh, Lord in heaven. Uh, it's probably not great podcasting, but we're drinking a pretty generous pour of Evan yeah, Williams. Man. This is what happens when you podcast on a Friday night. You fucking drink. You know what I'm saying? You're talking yeah, about, you feel me? I'm going to take a swig of this thing right here. Not a swig, a whole shot. Can't do it all. Come to find out. It's not bad. <laughs> the wine's got me opened up. Your butthole? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. We should um, fuck on this thing. But what I'm getting at is that when you're that age and you don't have anything, like Damien didn't have a TV with cable, no internet. What he had was a few tapes, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer. I was in a very similar situation. That becomes your whole lifeline. You know, once you find extreme music, nothing compares. And that's all you do. It becomes your hobby. Um, it becomes your entertainment. It becomes, you know, basically your entire world. What happens too, man, is that that's your main dish. Exactly. And then Jiffy cornbreads aside, because <laughs> that's all you can afford. It's twenty cents a yeah. box, dude. And you're eating Jiffy and you're fucking yeah. listening to metal. Yeah, they're on some ramen noodle budget shit for sure. But I relate to Damien so much because just being into extreme music, you get a lot of judgment from a lot of old idiots. And Again, we've said this a bunch of times on this podcast, but it could be any of us. You guys are listening to us because you like death metal or you like true crime. That is shit that in the 90s would get you thought about by the older generation as a bad person right off the bat. I mean, if you were wearing a Richard Ramirez shirt in 1993, you'd probably just go to jail. (laughs) But that's pretty much what happened here is that police looked at Damien the way that he dressed, which was in all black. As we do. And they looked at his criminal record. Um, When Damien was arrested, he spent several months at a mental institution for uh, serious mental illness characterized by grandiose and persecutory delusions, auditory and visual hallucinations, disordered thought process, substantial lack of insight, and chronic impacting mood swings. Who is this? Damien. Once he got arrested because he had mental problems because he came from a fucked up situation and he was probably also chemically imbalanced because he's probably uh, the child of his cousin that boned his mom. Yeah, I mean, maybe that or that he was just smarter than everybody else and they were dumb and it just made him fucking freak out. Yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah, and then the other person that got charged with the murder was his good friend Jason Baldwin. Jason wasn't the smartest tool in the shed, but he had good enough grades And he was an excellent artist. They were also both super into comic books and shit. And Jason was such a good artist that everyone that was a higher level of authority in the school that he went to, principals, teachers, recommended that he go to art school and get a degree that could lead to him doing graphic arts. You know what I'm saying? Which is like what they diagnosed you and me with in high school as being Phoebes. I got ADHD. I do too. I got charged. But I have that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I will lose things. I'm an idiot. Um, oh, yeah. I, le- I left a book in the refrigerator when I made a sandwich one time. Dude, yeah. And my kids found it. They're like, you left your book in the fridge? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> How do you explain to your kids you're not dumb? What are you doing? I'm trying to make the fart on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make a fart be heard. <laughs> so you're fucking opening up a fucking belt buckle from Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> and then also local slobberhead Jesse Miss Kelly Jr. was charged in the case. He was 17. Jason was 16. 
They grabbed all three of them up. The three, the two, what's weird is that the two friends, Jason and Damien, hung out almost every day. Jesse was just kind of there by proxy. And once we get into next week's episode with all the legality of everything, you'll see what a crucial role Jesse played in bringing the whole thing down. And I feel like that's a good introduction to the characters. Uh, explain the murders. The boys were mutilated, especially Christopher Bowen. He was castrated. His dick was cut into pieces in a very poor town. This rocked the foundation of the town. There had never been anything like this that happened there. Uh, very religious, very small Southern town is what we're dealing with. I think I painted a good picture. What do you think? Yeah, man. Next week we'll get into the legal case. We'll learn how the charges came about. We'll learn what police interviewed these kids with and who other possible suspects could be. I think we'll end up doing three parts because that's going to be hard to cram into one thing. And then it the, really is, the third one will give our theories on what happened. Because, again, um, I'm sure you follow this case. This is easy to find information. The uh, three suspects, the, the three people that got charged with it, which is, you know, Damien, Jason Baldwin, and Jesse Miss Kelly Jr., they had all been charged, and they had spent 15, 20 years. Okay, was it 15 years in prison, right? Or was it 20? They got released in 2010, and this is 1994. Oh, they served? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay, I thought you admit like they fucking got sentenced. But, uh, yeah, I, I, dude, I, I, skipped, I actually skipped school the day that all that happened, like where they got. Keep going. What are we doing? I'm just looking for the song, dude. That's all. Oh. Uh, I skipped school the day that all that shit happened. Like, yeah. And I remember turning on the news and then being like pardoned or whatever. But I mean, everybody knows that story. So it's not like you're just really ruining. Yeah, no, there's no spoiler so. alert here. I think people know what's going on. And if you Google it at all, you'll see. But they, they all got let out of jail in 2010. I'll give you the particulars of the case. But that what's so crazy about Arkansas still in 2017. Um, what's What's so crazy still about Arkansas in 2017 is that they weren't let go you know like they they got let out of prison but they weren't cleared of the of the charges you know what i'm saying like they they were let out of jail so like what's the word i'm looking at? exonerated yeah they're, they're still guilty they had to like enter a plea of still guilty go ahead man what were you gonna say Under the Alfred you Act. Alfred plea. <laughs> no, Alfred plea. Alfred plea? Okay. Um, but, yeah, they got let out of jail. We'll get into the particulars of it in the uh, second or third episode. But the but it, Arkansas is a, a goddamn mess. The whole South is a fucking mess. And, again, we're not professionals here. That, we're a mess like Arkansas. We're idiots. Uh, professional pirate media, however, is professional. And if you're familiar with Death Metal Dicks, which I hope you're not, and you listen to this and you loved it because you're a new listener and we're so happy to have you on board. We're rocking around the Christmas tree. And what we do here at Death Metal Dicks is we take grisly true crimes and then we compare it to real death metal song lyrics from songs that we love. And this week is no exception because we are taking the physical murders from the infamous West Memphis three case. And we're comparing it to the Archeron song. Slaughterization. Fourth. Satan. And that will be read drunkenly by the autistic and dementia. What's the word? Not dementia. Demented? For not reading, you dumb fuck. You have oh, it. Dyslexic. Dyslexic. Buddy Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. 
Draw the pentagram. Pour the blood in the sand. For the master so great, it said it takes command. Slaughterization for Satan. Slaughterization for Satan. Decapitation we need on Christ's blood we will feed. Evil and demented need. Satan will now succeed. Slaughterization for Satan. Slaughterization for Satan. Slaughterization for Satan. Slaughterization for Satan. <laughs> Sacrifice tonight. You know it feels so right. To put a soul to flight. To kill the, sa- the sacred night. Sacrifice tonight. You know it feels so right. <laughs> I love the repeat, To dude. put You're a soul killer. to flight. <laughs> to kill sacred night. Die, Nazarene. They scream it. They just go, Die, Nazarene. <laughs> Second coming, no more. The body lays on the floor, opening hell's door. Demons rape the holy whore. God damn it, phone. Slaughterization for Satan. Slaughterization for Satan. Slaughterization for Satan. Slaughterization for Satan. Hell yeah, Archer on rules. They do, man. Hey, if you guys ever get a chance, I'm sure we're gonna we're we're gonna cover more on like Satanic Panic, but. Bob Larson and Artron interview is fucking hilarious. Incredible. And also the Bob Larson Glenn Bitten phone calls are probably the best thing on the internet. It's the best troll that's ever happened. Yeah, dude, Glenn Bitten is Glenn Bitten's a fucking idiot. He's going to PTA meetings with an upside down cross burned in his forehead, and he's old and dumb now. We know it. But let me tell you, in the he makes 90s, finger sandwiches. <laughs> the, 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 the way that he trolled Bob Larson is most incredible. And so yeah. that's it. For this week, we laid the groundwork for this case. We know the characters. We know what happened in the murder. You got to add us on Facebook, Death Metal Dicks. Like the page. Share the page. Let people know about it. I know Facebook is a silly social media platform, but for whatever reason, that's the one that I like to use because I'm locked into ancient treaties of websites that i use since they came out on the internet i remember when facebook you had to be a college student to use it and that's when i was in college so i accepted it and i've been on it ever since we got death metal dicks like the page we got christopher m pierce what are you you in college for be honest coming and then we got (laughs) inside men (laughs) and we got buddy lloyd on Facebook, give him an ad, and of course, like our producer, professional pirate media, Instagram, same thing, Death Metal Dicks, pro pirate media, smells like teen Chris with a K, Lloyd Have Mercy 666, Twitter, Death Metal Dicks, Chris, uh, what's my, Death Metal Chris, what are you on Twitter? I don't, uh, Lloyd Have Mercy 69, something's weird going on yeah, with that, but I gotta I figure it out. I don't care about Twitter. I don't either. Yeah, I mean, I like Instagram more. For me, it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's the... Guys, whatever your venue is in town, talk us up to them. Get them to book us. Because, look, I don't care. We don't We don't really give a shit about anything else but coming and partying. Yeah, we, we want to hang. We want to do an episode, and then we want to party with you guys. Party. A good way to frame it, too, man. Um, this has worked out quite well for comedy. Just call them and tell them you want us. And then tell us you did that. And I'll follow up because if they know that there's a demand in the area, we can make it happen. And, you know, we could come through and do a live podcast with your band. We can do it with your friend's band. We can do it with another kick-ass band. We can go to a festival. We can do a comedy show. We're mad versatile. And we're trying to travel and do some kick-fucking-ass live death metal dick show. The first of which, again, will be January 
25th, which is a Thursday night, Northwest Arkansas. We can't wait for that shit. And we'll release the episode. And if you're on the Patreon by then, you'll get a sweet taste of what a live death metal dick show is like. So thank you guys again. Five star reviews all over the place. Any platform you listen to us on that helps us so much. The sigil that you should draw this week, I would say give it up to Belial. You said it last week. No, I didn't. I didn't do this last week. You said it one week. I was saying let's we should say, do it again. Let's say Azathoth. Okay. That's way better. Azathoth. We'll do that. Did yes. I really do Belial before? Yeah, you did Belial I've been before. drinking, son. Azathoth. I've been drinking wine, and that's what makes me... Okay, all right. We'll give it to Azathoth, which is a war. Warrior demon. Is it? Yeah, dude. Uh, did you just say a name and not know the backstory? No, it's H.P. Lovecraft, dude. H.P. Lovecraft... Why are, are we going to get an argument? H.P. Lovecraft takes actual demons from demonology and gives them a backstory follows that line but then writes them in way more extreme than demonology did that's a mythos but i mean why are you trying to argue with me you dingus i really a lot of esoteric shit man yeah but hp lovecraft takes actual demons from demonology and then writes them in Mm, i guess you guess? <laughs> you guess? You guess? That you you guess? The Necronomicon, dude. So Leviathan is H.P. Lovecraft. I know it is. You fucking mutant, and that's from that, demonology. That's actually from the demonology. Necronomicon. <laughs> 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 We're hammered, guys. I love to argue with my best friend and brother, Buddy Lloyd. We do it all the time, guys. Hail Satan! Hail the Necronomicon! Build a sigil to whatever demon you feel like is going to empower your goal. If you want to make money, there's a demon for that. If you want to live forever, there's a demon for that. If you want to come inside somebody you haven't had the chance to blow a wad in before, I swear to God, there's a demon to help you out with that bullshit. You so know what that demon them. is? What's the demon for that? Me and my pussy. Find one and draw a sigil to it. I'm going to say Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mac. Bring it out by drawing the sigil in candlelight, making a pact. Ordering them forward, giving them what they want. You're going to have to sacrifice something to them, and you're for sure going to have to blow a load on the sigil. So with that in mind, think about your goals and let that guide you through life. Use chaos magic. Do everything you can to make your goals happen. That's what we do here at Death Metal Dicks. That's what we do in our normal lives. Satan forever. We'll see you guys next week with part two of the West Memphis 3. Fare thee well. Master's no bride. Turn up to your